the Groove with Scotty Dubler. It's Friday, October 27th, 2023. Episode number 244 is coming at you. Thank you to Haley for that introduction. Before I talk some flat track, last weekend I was up at Prescott Valley, Arizona for round number two of the IRC Enduro Cross. I'm just going to give you guys a little highlight of what happened in the pro class. Um, again, we start the show with the expert main event. The top six riders out of the expert main event get to start at the back of the pro moto number one. Uh, that didn't seem to bother anybody, so the uh, hot laps put the uh, qualifiers in position for moto number one. Johnny Walker now wins moto number one, so now he's four in a row here in the 23 season. Tristan Hart was second, Colton Haker was third, Taddy Blazuziak from Poland was fourth, and Ryder LeBlanc was fifth. Moto number two, they invert the field. So if you finished first in moto number one, you start dead last or get the last pick in moto number two. And if you finish last in moto number one, you get first pick in moto number two. It didn't seem to matter. Johnny Walker got through the crowd in a hurry. Cody Webb, who wasn't even in the top five in moto number one, got it together in moto number two, finished second. Ryder LeBlanc was third. Max Gersten, who is a, a Arizona native, he was fourth. And Tristan Hart was fifth. So Tristan now with a second and a fifth. Into moto number three, how you finish moto number two is how you line up for moto number three. Johnny Walker and Colton Haker had one heck of a battle. Colton Haker grabbed the whole shot on about lap number eight in the corner directly in front of me, not the one right, right, right in front of me, but the one just in my sights past that corner. Uh, Colton Haker and Johnny Walker went at it, and they made contact in that corner several times, I think on lap number 10. Johnny just went in there pretty hot, and there was some contact, and he made the pass, and Colton Haker would hang on to finish second. Cody Webb was third. Ryder LeBlanc was fourth, and Cooper Abbott, another rider from Arizona, was fifth. So we had two Arizona riders getting in the top five in Moto2 and Moto3. I said there was contact afterwards. They were fist pumping each other. They said good racing. There was no hard feeling. So it was just indoor racing, but it was definitely a lot of contact, and overall, uh, you add the points from Moto 1, Moto 2, and Moto number 3. The rider with the lowest amount of points, which was Johnny Walker with three points, he would be the overall winner. Cody Webb would be second, and Ryder LeBlanc would be third overall. Taking a look at the points after uh, that round, which is round number two, Johnny Walker's in the lead, Cody Webb's second, Colton Haker third, Ryder LeBlanc fourth, and Tristan Hart rounding out your top five. So that was round number two. Round three and number four, actually this weekend here in uh, Idaho Falls, Idaho is where I'm at for this weekend. And uh, it's a Friday night race, Saturday night race. It's the only double header weekend of, of the season. So I'm excited to be here for this one. Also last weekend, right before we went live uh, to uh, start the opening ceremonies, the young female that does the pit interviews or the winning interviews, uh, Katie, uh, she got sick and uh, wasn't available to go. So with about 30 minutes before opening ceremonies, they asked me if I could do it. And of course, I'm going to do it. So we were live on MAV TV. And uh, so that was a little bit awkward for me being down there kind of doing what Kristen Beat does for American Flat Track and interviewing the winners or the podium finishers at the end of the night for not only the women's class, but also the pro men's class, you know, waiting on cues from a cameraman who's listening to the folks upstairs. I had no radio communication with anybody. So I'm standing there waiting for that cameraman to point to me. And then I just do the best I could and interviewed the riders and uh, the young lady that uh, Katie, I keep saying young lady, but Katie, 
who normally does the interviews, she was watching from the hotel room and she said I did great. So I'm assuming everything went fine. Nobody had any uh, criticism for me that I heard afterwards. But doing live TV is a whole different ball game. Uh, I've done live TV before when I did the X Games on uh, ESPN and on ABC, and it's just different. You got to get in a little bit different mindset than you are for the live event announcers. So not only was I taking care of the live event crowd last weekend in Prescott Valley. But I was also doing the winning interviews for Mav TV, and it was a lot of fun. That's enough about Enduro Cross. Let's talk a little bit about Flat Track. Well, we've got a treat for you today. Joining me on the podcast is a guest. We haven't had a guest since March 4th, 2022. And I thought I'd bring back one of my good friends, Sammy Sabedra. How you doing, man? Wow, it's been that long, huh? Yep, I uh, I I lost my partner, and and then the the podcast went away for a while. I brought it back, and then I uh, didn't know how to have a guest, and now my partner's kind of helped me again a little bit, and we'll see if we can get a, a guest on on a regular basis. But I wanted to bring you on first. So what's been going on? Wow, well, what an honor to be uh to be uh, the first guest back, right? It's pretty cool honor, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, I guess I better uh, this better be a good show. Well, it's not going to be too long. I got a few things written down I want to discuss. But uh, first off, a couple of weeks ago, Maddie B. Land set out to run 100 miles, and it was all to raise awareness for back on track. I'm sure he did that. He did come up a little bit short. I think uh, I read he went 62 miles. So give us a little bit more information on what happened and why he came up a little bit short. You know, first of all, what an incredible uh, attempt uh, to even – think about trying to run a hundred miles, you know, to raise money for, for injured riders. What a like heroic thing to do. Right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he ran, a you know, attempted to run a hundred miles, uh, to raise awareness for the back on track charity and to help raise money for, for injured riders. He came up a little bit short, ran 62 miles, which is just like mind boggling in itself. Right. I mean, that's, that's nothing to shake a stick at. I guess he was having a little bit of problem uh, or having some problems uh, keeping some food down. And I did not know this, but I uh, did a little research on uh, on runners and what they go through. And, and keeping food in your body for a long distance runner is, a, uh, is actually a common problem. Because what happens is um, your body digests food best when you're doing almost nothing. And when you're in an active mode of, say, running or doing some physical activity, that part of your body just doesn't function the same way as it does sitting at a dinner table. And so it's really hard for your body to kind of accept. This is my understanding, by the way, is to accept that. And uh, what what ends up happening a lot of the times is it rejects the food you're trying to to fuel yourself with. And unfortunately, uh, that's what he was dealing with. He was also dealing with, he was running in some weather. So I think at like mile, like within 15 to 20 miles, he ran into some, uh, some issues with blisters, but he still pressed on and ran an amazing 62 miles blisters and all. And, um, you know, unfortunately just his body was, uh, rejecting uh the fuel it needed to go on uh his live updates you know he was at like mile you know already past mile 26 and i mean the guy seemed 
fresh as Jared Mees after a, an AFT main event. You know, it was like it was pretty like mind blowing. But yeah, what a what a um, incredible thing he did, and and still ran a, a great great distance, sixty two miles. Yeah, I love it. I I love the cause. I love that you know he's giving back because you know back then it was rookies of seventy nine helped him out after he got hurt at Laconius. So it's one way for him to give back and raise awareness. And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, let's talk about last weekend. There was a benefit race, uh, a memorial race out there in your side of the the country. Uh, tell me about that. I know I talked about on the podcast last week. A lot of uh, you know raffle tickets were available. A lot of gift baskets were up, up for grabs. How did the event turn out? Well, you know, it, it's a, it was a great event and that, that event happens annually and it always ends up being a, a really, really, uh, uh, you know, uh, like I said, a great event. Basically, you know, it's to honor um, Mason Farrow who uh, passed away in, at a race here in Pennsylvania back in uh, 2017. And so they, uh, they hold an annual uh, benefit race in, in his honor and in his memory and his family's way of uh, kind of, uh, you know, keeping his memory alive is to give back to the sport. And so Heart and Soul Racing, Chris Hathaway, uh, they come together with the Pharaoh family and, uh, you know, they, they get all these, um, uh, you know, racers, Dallas Daniels, J.D. Beach, Sammy Halbert, Dan Bromley. I mean, so many people. Uh, Mike Turner of Turner Honda Racing, uh, you know, the list goes on. All, all these racers uh, donate stuff. They have a big auction table there and, you know, you just bid on something. And and all the money that is raised from from that auction uh, goes to, uh, you know, they split it up to different charities. Uh, it's always a portion of it always goes to back on track. And uh, this year they chose to take a uh, part of the proceeds and give it to uh, injured AFT rider uh, Jordan Harris because he's been out of work. He's still out of work from Springfield. Uh, so this, some of that money, the 50-50 raffle that they did went to Jordan Harris, which was really cool. Uh, and um, actually the, the, the recipient that won the other half of the 50 50 raffle donated it right back to the charity. So it's okay. a really cool thing. And, and locally, the cool thing about it is um, it it's uh, the race happens in Delaware uh, at airport speedway. Now district six is a Pennsylvania district and uh, district seven is like Maryland. Well, uh, so both districts come together to support this event. It's a district six and a district seven race all in uh, memory of um, Mason Farrow. And it's just a really good way to keep his memory alive and to do a lot of good for uh, the sport. Who won the pro class or was there any big names there? I, I know there's a lot of fast guys out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Fanders uh, was the big winner. Uh, Brayden Fanders, who is, as you know, is, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a top, uh, one of the nation's top amateur riders. He's going to go pro next year. So, uh, you know, expecting big things out of him on the AFT side of, uh, of racing. Unfortunately, he turned 16 uh, just after the Daytona short track. So he'll miss Daytona, but he'll, uh, he'll definitely be a, a household name uh, sooner than, uh, than later. Uh, come 2024 he won it uh dan bromley was in the house uh, 
Uh, Logan McGrain was in the house. Um, you know, all the District 6 and District 7 regulars were there as well. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really great race. It was a lot of fun. And, and you know, the track's is really cool short track, really racy. And, and uh, like I said, it's just a great fun event to be at and, and to, uh, you know, honor and remember somebody. And like I said, it, it's just it's one of those races that just has a feel good vibe to it because everybody's coming together to do something good and give back to the sport. And that's awesome. Uh, earlier this week, the 2024 AFT schedule, I will say, finally came out because the season ended September 2nd or September 3rd. And AFT has been getting bashed all over the place by everybody about the schedule not coming out. And it's finally out. Uh, have you ch had a chance to look at it? 16 rounds, uh, two TTs, five short tracks, six half miles. And the big surprise for me is only three miles. So have you had a chance to look at it? And what are your thoughts as just just now seeing it for the first time? Yeah, of course. You know, uh, as soon as it came out, I, I, I uh, you know, briefed over it a little bit. And uh, you're always uh, excited in, uh, you know, to see what what new is, you know, going to come to the series and, and what you would expect to see. Hopefully you get to see it again on that schedule and. You know, it was definitely uh, that's what that AFT uh, schedule, you know, definitely brought a um, little bummed on the, you know, three miles. I'm a little bummed on that. I'll be honest with you. Uh, um, there's some races there that, uh, you know, I'm excited to be back at. Of course, you know, uh, Ventura was one that was I'm really looking forward to being back there. That was a great event. Uh, big crowd there and uh, everybody was really into it. And there was some great racing. So I'm excited for that. And of course, all the usuals, you know, like, um, you know, Lima and Springfield and, and Peoria, uh, Black Hills, even, you know, I'm excited for those. Uh, um, like I said, if they, if I, if I had it, you know, I'm looking forward to Chico to see what that's going to be like. Um, but if, you know, there was any disappointment that I had, it was just, uh, I, I would like, you know, if perfect schedule for me would be five, five and five, right. Five short tracks, five half miles, uh, five miles and five TTs, you know, so that, that would be the perfect, uh, race schedule. Uh, but you know, uh, if, if there was any disappointment, it was on the, on the miles for sure. I know they're calling it three miles, but it's two race weekends since, um, Springfield's a double header, you know, but yeah, that was kind of my quick thoughts on it. Yours. Yes. I, I liked it too. I'm excited about Chico that the short track, you know, you know, it's a, it's a, um, a, a world of outlaws track for me. It's a sprint car track. So I'm, I'm excited to go there. I'm glad Ventura's back on there. Uh, disappointed. We lost castle rock. Um, I, I like the red mile. The racing was getting better every time we went to the red mile. So I'm kind of bummed. We lost that Sacramento. I heard it was because of the horse people. So it's not really AFT's fault. I will, you know, that's just the rumors that come on down the pipeline. What I'm curious for is, is the, the to be announced races. There's a TT right after black Hills and, at the end of the season last year, there was some video footage of Brian Smith riding the streets of Sturgis. So that, you know, if, if you want to call that a TT, it kind of sounds like maybe supermoto, but I'm not saying that that's what it's going to be, but you know, four days after black Hills, what are you thinking? Are you thinking that could possibly happen? That's that's, you know, uh, <laughs> if I was a betting man, that's the bet I would take, you know, it seems logical. It makes sense. We know that, uh, the city of Sturgis was entertaining having that uh, race pretty much downtown. So uh, knowing that, you know, having that in the back of my mind and seeing uh, a TT slated for four days after the uh, Rapid City half mile, uh, you know, I'm putting two, 
two and two together. Not saying I'm the smartest guy, but I would, uh, you know, put my my wager on that being a uh, a TT in in Sturgis, where you know I see a lot of people going. Is that the Buffalo Chip? And from my understanding, you know, they did some paving there uh, that would uh, affect uh, the track that we all remembered at Buffalo Chip. So I don't think that would happen uh, anytime in the near future without some major. Uh, reconfiguration uh so it seems like that would be the the most logical race uh uh that would fill that spot for sure so what that's going to be I, I we all don't know you know i'm more if that race happens uh, i'm more curious as to where they're going to pit everybody because you know pack downtown sturgis is so where they going to fit everybody you know and and, and where's everybody going to stand and watch from because it'd be more like a, a road race like i i would like put this like going to a, a moto gp race or even a, a moto america race you see them every few seconds as they go by or like and then you don't see the leader for a minute and a half i mean is it going to be that long of a track in downtown sturgis or you know and then where are the spectators going to go and how are they going to wrangle them you know so it's just that's a lot of variables that they'd have to deal with so it could happen i'm not sure if it will but that definitely could happen. And then the last race of the season is to be announced a half mile and it's after Springfield. So I think it's gotta be somewhere in the South. And, you know, the first thing I thought of was Volusia, but you got to throw maybe I 70 in there, uh, you know, leaving Springfield. Um, you, you could go, you know, I would think somewhere South is for that late in the season, just so it's warmer, but you got any thoughts on the last race? Yeah. You know, I, I really don't have any thoughts as to where that could be because, you know, I would like it to be somewhere kind of new and cool. Right. You know, that's what I always like to see a new venue, you know, cause I'm always like hoping for the next best racetrack, right. That could be a staple on, on our, on our series schedule. So that's what I'm hoping for somewhere really cool, somewhere that we maybe never been before. Um, I, you know, I, I have to, uh, maybe I'm going to put myself out on a limb here I'm a little disappointed to see uh, Texas on there. No offense against Texas, but, you know, that, that racetrack doesn't have a great history of uh, being a, uh, a, a favor, favorable track. You know, it just always seems to have kind of issues with, uh, with the surface and has never proven to, uh, to, you know, to kind of be up to, uh, to my standard of what I would call a good racetrack. And so I don't know, maybe there's some changes there with that racetrack. I hope so. Fingers crossed on that. So, uh, you know, I don't want to speak too far out of line. Maybe, maybe they made some changes to that, that racing surface, but wasn't thrilled to see uh, the Texas motor speedway back, but I am glad to see racing back in Texas. Yeah. And it, it's unfortunate because the devil's bowl just had their last race of the, the history of the devil's bowl last weekend. So that place is gone, you know, just like Ascot, just like some of the other tracks that just go Oklahoma city half mile, just go away, you know, because money talks and, and people come in there and they'll buy that land up just to put, you know, an Amazon factory there or, or a, you know, FedEx, you know, hub or whatever. So it's unfortunate the devil's walls devil's bowl is gone, but the Texas half mile, the Fort worth track, just the dirt just, just doesn't gel with, there's just too many different kinds of dirt. I actually remember crashing there at a Formula USA race coming off of turn number four because I was fully locked and then I wasn't. And then I was again. I was next thing I know I was down because it was wet, dry, wet and boom. You know, it's just maybe not in that order. But I just remember crashing there and, and the crashes still happen. It's just they have to almost tiptoe through the corners. And we've seen some nasty get offs 
you know, including Brian Smith and, and Stevie Bonzi getting catapulted to the moon and, and Tanner Dean crashing on the back straightaway. So hopefully that they'll take into account that the dirt needs to be reworked or, you know, dug up deep and starting over. I don't know, but I, I'm right there with you on that one, Sammy. Yeah, you know, and I hate to, you know, talk negative about, you know, anything dealing with the sport because it's it's obviously the sport that everybody, uh, you know, listening to this loves, right? We want nothing but the best for it. And, you know, I just, um, you know, to elaborate a little bit on it, you know, when you have a racetrack that hasn't, uh, you know, that that is in that kind of condition or that state, you know, it's, it's not fun for the riders and it's not fun, it's it's you know dangerous and and then it's also not fun for the fans to watch either and overall you know it's like what's what really good comes out of it i don't see much so i'm hoping i'm hoping that maybe they have a new uh, surface down and, and we can expect something different and i'm surprised when we go there that's what i'm hoping for so the rumor is they're taking truckloads of dirt the black clay from the devil's bowl and they're shipping it or trucking it all the way up to Lawton, Oklahoma, and they're going to store it in case somebody wants to buy it. How about that? I tell you what, if I had enough money in my bank account, I'd be that kind of guy. <laughs> well, I figured you'd buy a jar and Carter would buy a jar because we got jars from Savannah before they shut that place down, right? <laughs> yeah, and I got a couple of I got a couple of jars of Devil's Bowl dirt, too, so I'm there glad go. I got them. There you go. That's yeah. exactly why I collect dirt at every racetrack I go to because <laughs> You know, you never know. Speaking of collecting things, I love what you're doing on Tuesday nights at the weirdest time, but it works for you. 9.20 p.m. Eastern, set your set your alarm clock and get on live with Sideways with Sammy. It started off as send it to Sammy, and you still get people sending you things, which is – that picture of Ricky Graham the other night, holy cow. And then the, then the Ricky Graham on the cycle, you know, cycle news cover that's a one of a kind because somebody decided they didn't want that negative to be released. Those two are amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I got to tell you, I got to thank our uh, our man, Chris Carter. He's the one that actually came up with the uh, send it to Sammy. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, I mean, people know just like, you know, uh, you know, there's a handful of us out there like yourself, you know, Scotty, that that uh, cherish, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, dirt track memorabilia, whether it's a sticker, a picture, you name it. Right. You yeah. collect helmets, uh, right. number plates, you know, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff as 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 you know, I do myself. And and a lot of times, you know, there's people out there that have stuff and they know it's too important to throw in a trash can right mm -hmm. and so they don't know what to do with it and they've been keeping it in the shoe box in their closet for you know dusty two years and uh, you know wanted to go to a good home well you know ends up a lot of the times you know uh i have that good home so you know they they end up sending me uh this stuff and, and you know it's it's really cool you know uh it's it blows me away that, you know, people think of me and, uh, you know, when I get something, when somebody sends me something, uh, you know, I've been collecting stuff my whole life and, and everything I've ever collected was all freebie stuff like stickers, posters, you know, number plates, whatever I can beg off of writers, you know, my whole life. And, uh, you know, and, and and now the cool thing is when somebody sends me something, what's almost cooler than the item itself is uh, the 
you know, the person tied to it, the story behind it and where it came from. Right. So it, it's really cool. You know, like I have a whole pile of stickers that you gave me and I don't mix those with other stickers because those are my Scotty Bugler stickers. Yeah. You know, so when somebody comes by and, you know, I'm showing them, hey, this collection of stickers right here. Well, guess what? These came from Scotty Dubler, man, the, the voice of American Flat Track. That's cool. And my good buddy, you know, since 1993. Yeah, so, yeah. hey, you know what? We met in 93. I know. I know. I almost said that. And I was like, well, we better wait. I missed that and, on my show and, <laughs> and my daughter Haley was born in 93. But I I wasn't going to just jump in there and, and give you that stuff. But, yeah, we met in Stockton, Kansas in 1993. We've been, been friends ever since. But, um. I love what you do. Can people go back and watch the older episodes or is that even possible or what do you got going on? Yeah. So I guess I kind of skipped over the show part. Right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I just started doing this. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I want to call it a show. Uh, you know, it's not like an official podcast or anything like that. It's just me going live on Tuesday nights. I do it at 920 Eastern. And the reason why I do it at 920 Eastern is because I have three kids. And my house is sounds like a zoo uh, at 8.55, right? <laughs> so I got to get them to bed and give them 20 minutes to just chill out a little bit, make sure they're all quiet. Yep. And then I go, then I go live. And uh, so, you know, my show is, you know, I, I mean, talk about anything and everything racing. I just want it to be natural conversation that I would have uh, with uh, any anybody that's watching face to face right that's just you know talking about racing that's what i do that's what i enjoy doing and that's kind of like what the show's about and then of course on there people always send me stuff so a little segment of it is the uh send it to sammy which we just talked about but um yeah so i do it at 9 20 uh every tuesday night um that's uh 9 20 eastern uh and you know, I leave the videos up on both Instagram and YouTube. So you are not YouTube on my Facebook. So you can go back and watch them. You know, a lot of people, you know, 920 is kind of a late start on the East Coast for those that have to wake up early. So I get all kinds of people that message me and say, hey, man, I listened to it the next day. That was cool or whatever. And, uh, you know, so I leave them up so you can go back and rewatch it or, uh, you know, kind of your own own time you want to give us a preview of what's coming up next week or have you decided what you're doing yet you know i haven't really decided what i'm doing uh yet you know uh the, the last two have been so good i'm like dang what am i gonna do next yeah, how, how, do you, how do you top that you know? <laughs> like, yeah how, how do i top it you know yeah. and and uh you know i i had a couple ideas come to me and i'm like ah, i'm not sure what it's gonna be yet um, you know, I, I have a race to go to uh, this weekend, last uh, District 6 race of the year. And uh, so then uh, after that, I'll, I'll have Sunday and Monday to kind of come up with something good. But, you know, I always have a million racing related ideas flowing through my head every day. I just got to catch one. You know, exactly. exactly. So I got to ask you, I, I've stayed at your house before. And does your phone ever not go off or vibrate or ring for five minutes i mean you, you no. you're one of the most popular guys that i know and it's all to do with racing and you, you, your jobs too are important and they revolve around your phone too yeah yeah you know uh, i tell you what um you know it's uh sometimes it can get a little uh i don't know it, you know it, it could definitely you know almost feel like uh you know, it's hard to get anything done because so many people are reaching out. But it, and then in other times, I'm like, man, I'm really uh, fortunate to be able to, uh, 
you know, be the person that so many people want to talk about racing with. So that's a, it's a great thing. And it's like living a dream. Uh, but yeah, every day, man, my phone from, I mean, literally, uh, no lie, Scotty, from like seven in the morning to 11 at night, it just, I mean, I should screenshot my, my call list or my text messages. It's like, it's, it's insane. (laughs) The only time I, the only time I can compare that is the first time I did X games on ESPN or ABC or whatever, and I had to turn my phone off because that was the rules. I turned it on and I, I like 29 text messages and who knows how many missed calls. And, and I, I just, I looked at your phone when I stayed at your house and that's what you had on a, on a Tuesday. I'm like, man, this is <laughs> popular, you know? So no, I love it that everybody, you know, has that person, that go-to person to talk about flat track and that's you, you know? So you're the man. Uh, I don't know if I'm the man, but, you know, I guess maybe I'm just somebody willing to listen to, you know, I just love talking about racing. So, you know, people find out about that and they're like, I like talking about racing too. Let yeah. me call Sammy. Exactly. So, you know, and, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, I just have a lot of conversations, you know, I, you know, uh, I don't want to name drop or anything like that, but, you know, I have some really great conversations with people that, uh, you know, there's, there's people that I, I've become friends with that I, uh, you know, at one point in time in life, I, I never would imagine I would, uh, you know, would have ever caught their attention or had a conversation with them. And, and here I am today, you know, and, and they're, I call those people, my friends, you know, just, just like, you know, you, you or Chris Carter or anybody, you know, uh, you guys, you know, to, to call you guys, my friends, uh, a really big honor and, it, and it's special. And, and I appreciate that. So, Sammy, I know you do socials for a lot of riders, a lot of the big teams out there and back on track. But uh, recently, like the last few months or so, it seems like you started working for RPM, doing their socials during the day. But but you're also at the track getting people engaged and getting people to know more about RPM. Yeah, you know, uh, me me and uh, Jeff Hires uh, of RPM kind of linked up and, uh, you know, he's got a a lot of exciting things going on. He's put on races for, you know, a few years now. And he's, uh, I, I believe he's really trying to do a good thing for the sport, you know, and uh, he's got, I don't, man, sometimes I, I don't know how he does it, but he, he's got a really great schedule for, for 2024. And um, he, he's in a spot now where, you know, uh, it, RPM is growing and he realizes he needs some help. And uh, so, He's uh, looking to do bigger and better things. And, you know, and I guess he approached me, thinks I can help him. And uh, so we kind of teamed up and we're putting our heads together and kind of come up with some creative ways to make uh, RPM better uh, for not only for himself, but ultimately for a lot of uh, motorcycle racers, both on the amateur and the professional side of things. So he's got a lot of really, really cool events going on next year. And I'm looking forward to being a part of it and, um, you know, helping the sport grow. Right on. Oh, I've seen you a few races just recently holding a microphone and talking to some folks. I know you help out the RVA. So uh, announcer, is that next on your list of things to do? Are you going to, are you looking for my job or do I need to be worried? I mean, come on, man. I'm coming for you, Scotty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, you know, it, you know, it's uh, it's just, you know, I tell you what, last year, uh, or no, not last year, was it two or three years ago, uh, Mike Hacker asked me to, uh, if I would announce one of his races, and I, I think, you know, he had a really, uh, 
you know, uh, it was kind of a time crunch and a real tight, tight budget. I think you were busy or something like that. Couldn't make it maybe. And so, uh, man, ask Carter. He was there for it. I was all nervous, man. You know, it's different talking on a microphone, you know. So, um, you know, you want to do a good job. And it's a, it's a hard job. It's not as easy as, it, uh, as you would think it would be. It's tough talking on a microphone. So I have a lot of respect for the people like yourself that are, you know, professionals at it. it it's it's not an easy job at all. But, you know, I, I've uh, I, in fact, that's what I'm doing tomorrow night, you know, and uh, and I do it at a couple of uh, local events here, you know, uh, close to home. And, and the way I look at it is, you know, I'm, hey, if they want me to talk on a microphone, uh, you know, it's kind of like my way of giving back on a local level right yeah and uh you know i don't think i'm taking anybody's job away or stepping on any toes so if that's the case i'm more than happy to do it i have a lot of fun doing it and uh you know it's just it's just you know i love all parts of racing and it's a part of racing so if i get a chance to do it three four times a year you know here or there i'll go for it you know Good, good. So you said you got to race this weekend, and then what? What do you do in in off season? I know you know, like I pick up odd jobs, the enduro cross season, uh, indoor ice racing, the World Championship ice racing series. Uh, what do you do to stay busy? I know you still do social medias for for the people you work for, but what else do you do? I mean, what do you do? You just try to stay home and spend time with the family, or you try to pick up other jobs, or what do you do in the off season? Well, you know, um, I definitely uh, take take the uh, you know, the time to, uh, the off season, you know, like, I mean, I, I really haven't had a weekend off, you know, I couldn't even tell you when really, you know, I mean, since, because, you know, the beginning of the year I was with different teams and as, as some of you may or may not know, I, I, um, you know, I run a lot of social media accounts for teams and riders. And so social media is a, is a seven day a week deal on that front. I, I haven't had a day off and I can't tell you how long, you know, uh, three years, you know, so that, that is every day. Um, it, you know, and it, it takes up, uh, it's a lot of work to, to do that day in and day out. Right. Uh, and like I said, there's no days off. It's, you know, Hey, Thanksgiving, Christmas morning, uh, you don't feel good. You're sick. It doesn't matter. You know, you're still making your post and, and, uh, you still don't, what you have to do there. So that, that will continue on as far as uh, the winter, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, spending a little bit of time at home with my family and kind of doing some, some weekend family things because I don't get to do that during the race season, the way this year went for me. I mean, I've been gone. I mean, every weekend since December of last year, you know, uh, whether it was testing with teams or doing this or that. Um, So every weekend I've been absolutely busy uh, and, and, and so I'm looking forward to spending some time with my family after this weekend, my last race weekend of the year. And so I'm looking forward to doing that and then uh, pick up a couple little side jobs here in the winter and kind of, you know, work for myself a little bit, um, building some cool stuff. And, uh, you know, so I'll definitely, uh, uh, you know, try to put a few bucks uh, in my pocket so I can play Santa Claus for my family. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so, you know, I'll definitely do that. But, you know, even with that said, you know, the social media doesn't matter what I'm doing, um, you know, whether I'm on vacation with my family or not, uh, social media still happens. And, you know, 
doing social media, you know, you, 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 you got to keep uh race teams, racers and their sponsors happy. So that's seven days a week, no matter what. I don't know how you do it because I've tried to, to be more present on social media. And I, I tried like a week straight and I was like running out of things to say, running out of pictures. And I'm like, man, did I post this picture already? Man, let me, look, let me throw, go throw back all these pictures. Let me look, let me look a little further. Well, yep. I already post that one. Shit. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> you know? So I don't know how, I don't know I, how you do it. Uh, you know, I always say social media is the easiest and the hardest job all at yeah. the same time. Ugh. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's easy to do for a day. It's easy to do for a week, nope. but you nope. know, week in and week out, day in, day out, it gets pretty dang tough. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. You know, you gotta, you gotta put your best foot forward no matter what, you right. know? So, uh, yeah, it, it, it gets challenging. And what people don't, what some people may not realize is, you know, a post may just seem you know, so quick and easy and simple. And, and, and we all have phones and we all make posts, right? We're all on Facebook or whatever. And so uh, when you're excited about something and it's your kid's birthday, well, it's easy to go, Hey, you know, it's my kid's birthday. Here it is. Right. It's easy. Cause Boom. you know, you, you know, you're excited about it. Right. <laughs> you know, but uh, when you got a post about, you know, somebody else's kid's birthday every day, every day, every day, every day, and have that same enthusiasm about, hey, happy birthday, it gets pretty tough, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's uh, you know, what I was getting at there is sometimes a post may, you know, there's times a post takes me, I mean, hours and hours of what to say or what song to pick. Right. Because, you know, when you... Yeah, just, you know, you know, if you're doing it once, that's it's kind of easy to come up with. Exactly. Uh, you know, after a, after a certain uh, amount of time, it gets difficult to stay original. And that thought process of how am I going to stay original with this post yeah. and what can I say? How can I make it meaningful and have a good impact? That takes a lot of time. Because that guy's still wearing that same color. He's still riding that same motorcycle. He's still turning left. What am I going to talk about now? You know, it's just that, that's got to be so hard. I, I don't know how you do it, man. My hat's off to you. Um, be, before we let you go, have you have I know there's a lot. It's silly season right now. And there is a lot of rumors. I mean, probably more rumors about people going places than I've ever heard before with even some of the biggest names in our sport. Nothing is out there in the public just yet. I know some contracts are up soon. I know some news is coming, but of all the rumors you've heard, have you heard of a silly season as silly as this one? You know, no, I haven't. And it's been pretty wild. And I get a lot of phone calls from a, a, a lot of different corners of this racing world and everybody wants to know what's going on. And it almost seems like nobody really truly knows what's going on. Uh, and, you know, I don't know why, I guess, because maybe, uh, you know, things are so delicate and fragile right now. Uh, you know, people are a little reluctant to be the guy to let something out of the bag or talk out of turn. And so everybody's being pretty tight lipped right now with a lot of info. Driving you know, normally, me crazy. I mean, yeah, normally we're, you know, we're, we're yeah. just like a bunch of, you know, I don't know, girls in a coffee shop just chatting yeah. it up, right? You know, yeah, yeah just, you know, like going nuts and, you know, telling all the stories. But right now, uh, you know, everybody's pretty tight lipped. I mean, there's some things that are out there that everybody kind of knows about, um, you know, but, um, you know, there, there's, there, I'll, I'll tell you this, there's more 
uh, questions out there than there are answers at this point. Did you see KTM Red Bull team leaving? Did you see that coming? No, I did not see that coming at all. That was uh that was a big blow. That was a major, major blow, you know, and man, I, I was, uh, you know, I, it's, it's devastating to the sport because, uh, you know, the way, the way I see it, and this is just my opinion is, uh, you know, I, I feel that um, the big teams, they need each other uh, maybe, uh, maybe more than most of us realize because, you know, without, KTM there well then it's just that much easier for another manufacturer or another big team go well then why are we here why are we putting in this effort and spending this money so it's like you know everybody's like a you know a, a, a pillar on the table and when you take one away it just kind of gets wobbly you know and right. it's it's just easier to come crashing down that's my that's just my two cents I you know I hate to put it in those terms or see it that way. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I tell you what, you know, uh, right now, uh, it, it's tough times for the sport, but it's tough times for, uh, a lot of people in, in everyday life anyway. Uh, but I, you know, I, I feel the, the one thing that, that is saving our sport above anything. And I'm not just talking AFT or amateur racing or this or that. Uh, the one thing saving our sport is that, our racing isn't is not a gimmick. It's authentic and it's as cool as cool can get. It's just you know awesome on its own. So we don't have to sell that, right? It's right. it's awesome racing, and um, you know that's never going to go away, right? The awesomeness of what uh, flat track racing is. So I think you know that's going to help carry us through the these bad times that were there were that we're in right now, uh, these tough times. And, uh, I know there'll be better days ahead. You know, I try to stay positive and, and always dream of, a of a better future for our sport. Well, I'm, I'm glad the schedule's out, you know, that way these teams can go to these sponsors, you know, cause they're building their budgets right now for next year. If not, we're, we're a little on the edge of that line for people, you know, booking their money or securing their money for next year. Now we know there's 16 races, uh, we don't know about TV. We're assuming we'll be back on, on, you know, FS1. We're assuming we'll be back on fans choice. So hopefully these teams can go to these sponsors and help get some support. I think, you know, when the first shoe falls or when the first person says, Hey, I'm not with this team anymore. I'm riding for this team. I think that's going to start it. I think it's, I think that's going to happen sooner than later. You know, some of the contracts I know, like Harley Davidson always went to December 31st. Some of these teams aren't, you know, doing that anymore. So I think as soon as this first shoe falls or the first little nugget, you know, slips out into the open, that's going to cause a chain reaction. I think we're going to see a lot of, you know, where people are going here real soon. No, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. People uh, are are definitely gonna, um, you know, start letting the cat out of the bag, and you know, people like to brag about the good things they got going, right? Yeah. So uh, as soon as that stuff, you know. Or, you know, comes out just like, you know, uh, a, you know, AFT likes to, uh, of course, they're proud of their schedule, right? So as soon as they, they have it ready to go, we're not going to see it until then, you know, right. but, uh, you, you know, as soon as they have it, they're going to want to put it out there as soon as possible, right? The same thing goes with riders, you know, as soon as they have something locked in for next year that they can kind of go, hey, th this is, uh, I'm proud of this, they're going to want to put it out there. 
And so, uh, yeah, well, you know, it's only a matter of time, you know, until we see uh, what everybody's what everybody's doing next year. Um, you know, it, it you know, I, I always that's, you know, back in the day, just think we I had to wait till cycle news came out <laughs> and, and, and see who, you know, what was doing what. And, you know, look at everybody's new leathers, mm -hmm. and, you know, this and that. And now now we find out so much sooner. So. Uh, you know, it's a little patience. We'll all find out what's going yeah, on yeah. sooner, this, this, sooner this, later. This generation doesn't have patience. It's a right now. We want everything in the instant. And, and, and everything's right there at your fingertips. You know, everybody's got a, a phone or a tablet or can get on the Internet any place and everywhere. So there's it's hard to keep secrets nowadays. There's a lot of rumors going on. And I just can't wait for these uh, rumors to come true or to be, you know, not true. So hopefully it will happen pretty soon. Maybe we'll have them even on here on the podcast, dropping some knowledge here, hopefully real soon. But Hey man, I just want to say thanks for, for your time tonight. I know it's very valuable. I know we waited tonight until the kids went to bed. Um, tell man, I said hi and, and tell my kids I said hi to you. All right. Absolutely, man. Well, it feels, uh, it feels good to be, uh, the first guest back. So that, that was really cool. It was an honor to be on the show and, uh, Thanks for having me. I, I, you know, I, I appreciate everything that you do for the sport, Scotty. You know, obviously, you know, you're the voice of American Flat Track have been now officially forever. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so, a, long, a long time, yep. you know, yep. and, uh, you know, and doing this uh, podcast is uh, it's important for the sport. And uh, it gives, uh, you know, a lot of people, including myself, something to uh entertain ourselves with especially when we have uh nothing to do all winter long but you know wonder what's going on so uh yeah. you know I'm a, I'm a fan of what you do and uh you know thanks for doing what you do uh, thanks for doing what you do keep your keep your tuesday night deal going man i i uh chime in and and give you a little bit of nuggets here and there if i if i think of anything that you might miss and and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to show you up i'm not trying to do anything like that i just try to help help you with your show Oh man, I love it, man. You're great, you know, and you're a real statistic guy. So you you're great at knowing numbers and this and that. And so it, it was great, you know. You, you threw me some good nuggets last week, and uh, no, I, I really appreciate it. And you know, I feel horrible. I can't believe that, you know, because I kind of reviewed the uh, 1993 season, yeah. and of course, you know, when I you know going into the show reviewing 1993 it was a magical year for ricky graham so it was kind of hard not to focus on ricky graham so much and have that in my mind but uh yeah i missed that man what uh, all good. i can't believe that so in your opinion before i let you go greatest of all time ricky graham what do you think without a doubt exactly he could do stuff on a motorcycle sammy that nobody else could that's all you got to say uh that's all you got to say yeah. and you know uh you know, and I tell you what, that's one of the things I was having, uh, you know, if you don't mind me going on to say this, uh, I talked to Chris Carr a little bit, you know, I, before I did the show, I wanted to talk to many, as many people as I could that kind of had a, a direct tie to that 1993 season, you know, Johnny Goad, who was uh, Ricky's tuner that year, Danny Melfati, and so on and so forth. And I said, well, I better talk to the guy that had the number one plate that year, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, talking to Chris Carr, you know, uh, um, about that year and uh, the Ricky Graham that everybody had uh, witnessed, you know, uh, as many of you know, it, that Chris Carr had a lot of battles with Scotty Parker. It was Parker and Carr year in and year out going for championships. Mm -hmm. And Chris told me, he goes, you know, I was there racing Scotty Parker at his best uh, and for many of those championships that he won. 
And I can tell you this, racing Ricky Graham in 1993, or should I say, you know, him racing Parker at his best, you know, all those years, never compared to the Ricky Graham that Chris Carr raced in 1993. Yeah, that, that's, so that's coming from a, a – you know, yeah. Chris Carr, uh, you know, seven-time champion. Uh, you, you, you know, you, you gotta, you know, respect those words. And just imagine, Sammy, if he didn't have those demons and didn't, you know, leave racing for a while, and and you know, the the woulda, coulda, shouldas, if he wouldn't have that battle with the bottle. I mean, he could have been, you know, he could have set all the records, in my opinion. I mean, he he set a lot of records himself that '93 magical season just one instance of what he did. But um, for the years that he was involved in the sport, he changed the sport. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I mean, I mean, uh, you know, if, if I can add one more thing, you know, not to overtake this show and talk about, you know, that, that review show I did, but uh, just talking about Ricky Graham real quick. One thing that Johnny Goat has told me multiple times uh, is that, you know, We've never seen the best of Ricky Graham. And, you know, you kind of take that maybe with a little grain of salt, right? And okay, yeah, you know, maybe we've never seen the best of Ricky Graham. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have, I, I don't know, it hit me the other night because I was watching on YouTube, there's that 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 four-part series on Ricky Graham. Mm -hmm. and, and in that series, I've watched it a million times, but I heard something in a way I've never heard it before. Ricky uh, stated, he goes, you know, at the end of 1992, late December, I decided to put down the bottle, right? Yep. So seven weeks later, essentially, is Daytona, right? Right. And I'm like, man, this guy trained and got his act right for seven weeks. And look what we've seen. For a whole year. <laughs> you know, for a whole year. For all, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know, only seven weeks of preparation going into to Daytona. Right. And I was like, imagine, you know, you think about a lot of riders to today, like, you know, uh, Jared Meese, Dallas, I'm um, pretty much all the AFT riders in today's, you know, today, the training and effort that they put in day in and day out year after year to be at the top of their game. I'm like, can you imagine if we seen a Ricky Graham that had put in that kind of effort for multiple years, what would we see? Maybe Johnny was right. We never seen the best of Ricky Graham. And, and Johnny would know Johnny spent probably more time with Ricky than, than any of us ever could have imagined, you know, going up and down the highways, going, you know, races back then you had to drive everywhere. You, you didn't, you know, have the factory rides couldn't just fly in and race and fly out. So, you know, they, they spent a lot of time together. So I, I take Johnny Goad for his word and I believe him, but again, thanks for your time, man. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast. The, the uh, left out crew got back together for one more run at it tonight. So uh, it's good to see you, Sammy. And uh, thanks for your time. No, thank you. And it's great to have the left out crew. I hope to do more with uh, left out in the future. Uh, just let me know, fellas. I'm here. Sammy Sabedra. Well, the first live guest I've had since March 4th, 2022, I had to bring my buddy Sammy Sabedra on. Again, thanks to Sammy for his time. And a big shout out, a big thanks to my uh, partner, Chris Carter, who helped me start the podcast. And he did the podcast just for me, actually, and also to probably prove to himself that he could do it. But thanks to Carter for all of his time and helping me with uh, getting this one recorded. Also, a big shout out going to Jim and Pat, uh, Tim at Pro Plates, 
all the patrons and all the listeners. That's it for this week's episode. We'll talk to you next week right here on Off the Groove. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler.